0: Does this sound like you? I love starting projects. Not so great at finishing them. Selling is really scary and I don't like promoting myself or my work. I check my email, Instagram, or the fridge instead of what I sat down to do. Both of my plates are full. Wait, you have more than one plate? I'm a total pro at making to-do lists, doing the to-dos, not so much. I don't have a lot of friends in business to hold me accountable. Oh, wait, look shiny object. If any of that sounds like you, no shame. You're not alone. This is what The Box was created for. The Box is a community-driven container for creatives. Stay accountable, do the work, and actually finish what you started, because amazing things happen on the other side of finished. Go to theboxworkshop.com to join today.
1: Maybe sarc- sarcasm or humor seems to be that litmus test to see if someone is gonna click with yeah. you. Obviously, with Miles, you you know what I mean. Like, I was like, okay, this guy, you know, he's hideous, looks disgusting, <laughs> but maybe there's something there. You know, dip your toes in the water, and then you're like, the water's just fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm Bill Small.
2: And I'm Miles Hanson.
0: Welcome to the Subtle Art of Not
2: Yelling. A conversation about growing a business without needing to be the loudest person on the block.
0: Less noise, more... You may have seen him on Instagram, fully clothed in a hot tub with his brother, or traveling the world in search of an elusive vegetable. Our guest today is a musician and a professional photographer, and a whole lot of fun to hang out with, Josh Pruitt.
2: So this podcast, instead of like, you know how there's two ways to jump into the pool, or to get into the pool, you can jump or you can like tiptoe your way in. This is more of a tiptoe process. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: that feels good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I prefer that, yeah. <laughs> I'm not professional by any means, so.
0: Well, and you've been in a lot of pools, or at least a lot of hot tubs.
1: Yes, I. Um, and that's what I'm here to talk about uh, primarily, uh, which is um, I'm here to promote um, <laughs> free marketing you know, for uh, a very special project that means yeah. a lot to me. Uh, come tub with us. So, yeah. Well, you know,
0: when you get in the hot tub, do you jump all the way in first, or do you kind of ease your way in?
1: I'll tell you this: we we have to ease in because. You're wearing um, t-shirts. So it, it's actually my it's my my sister and brother-in-law's hot tub, and so um, that you you can you're or you're supposed to be able to change the temperature on it, uh, but it's stuck at like 105, and it's hot. <laughs> so so naturally we have to slowly dip ourselves in and uh, and then suffer the heat. Has anyone so,
2: passed out yet?
1: on my brother because because we, we film like four episodes at a time um like each one's like each one probably lasts like 20 minutes and we condense down so um we'll get out and he'll just be like okay uh, i can't really see anything right now so <laughs> like so i think the day is coming when one of us will probably pass out yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. You guys uh, don't look like uncomfortable or anything. You know, you know, you. Look
1: you know, that's part like of that. the. It's called acting.
0: Oh, it's the, well, and it is the magic. That is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but we are. We're highly. I mean, you know, two dudes in a hot tub with clothes on.
2: So is more uncomfortable than you think it would be. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> while we're while we're on this, really. I would imagine important. both
0: physically and existentially, it's kind yeah. Of uncomfortable. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> while we're on this, really quick, I'd love to know the origin story of come tub with us with your brother. I can't believe I can't believe I'm talking about this. Um, <clears throat> so my, my
1: brother and I, for some reason um, and this was, uh, I want to say like maybe six, six or seven years ago. Um, I had just left my job. I was working. I was a music director at a church. So I was, I was in that position for a long time, just left that job. And, um it was like one evening we um I think someone in our family was like can can you guys make cinnamon rolls and we're like yeah let's figure it out and we we decided to film the process and so um and just make a funny baking video out of it and sort of pretend like yeah pretend like we knew you know what we were doing and have that confidence and so we just filmed that and then we thought it was kind of funny so we started a baking channel called prove it brothers um very layered name because our last names are Pruitt. um we are brothers but you know like proving the dough just kind of lumping that all together so we called it that and then we so we literally started like making episodes where we just baked a ton of stuff um very poorly and um posted it and then that kind of just slowly turned into well it doesn't have to be baking let's just talk about other stuff And so, yeah, then, then we would make like longer documentaries. Every time we travel, we'd like film our journey and like do just random stuff like that. So, uh, and then, so come like now we, we were like, oh, we should just do something on Instagram. And then we decided to, uh, we have an obsession with come and go the, uh, the, the gas station chain and, um. And so we were like, oh, let's just sit in a hot tub. I guess that's a thing. I, I haven't actually even seen it, but he was like, oh, people just do it. People sit in a hot tub and they like they talk about like gaming or whatever.
0: I'm and pretty so, sure he made that. Yeah, up. Yeah, you but... took his word
1: yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I should have looked into it because I, I don't think it exists. And um, and so he he did. Uh, he was like, yeah, it's a thing. So I was like, okay, let's just sit in a hot tub and talk about all these different topics as if we know what you know we're talking about. So, um. Yeah, so that that kind of just opened it up to all these other things, and so that's that's the origin story of um, come, come t- 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 up with us.
2: So <laughs> okay, good. I um... mean, you guys are on your way to the big show, being being <laughs> sponsored by Come and Go. I think they've hit, they've hit you up, right? They, they've no, they've noticed us. They follow us. They that's big um, time.
1: Um, but I think the more they see, the more they're like. You know, I don't like not sure guys. it's in
0: alignment with the brand, so to speak,
1: right? But, uh, yeah, that's an interesting brand to tuck into if you really want to look into marketing and branding. Well, maybe you should be drinking How? giant
0: slushies, <laughs> you know, from there every yeah. single time,
1: yeah, every yeah. single time. Different, products. yeah, the hand drawn t shirts aren't quite enough, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you probably don't want to spend a bunch of time talking about uh, come and go or come tub with us. It's yeah. not the only thing you do. I, I think one of the most fun things about just the little, the little bit of dive that, that I got to do on you is that you do a lot of different stuff and you do it all pretty dang well. You mentioned being a, the music supervisor for your church. Well, that's because you have mm-hmm. a great voice, man. I, have, I listen to some oh, of your, thank your you. videos. Fantastic.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That, I mean, that's, that's kind of, uh, music was the first thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I I mean, I guess technically drawing and painting and that kind of stuff, you know, as a kid, I was, I was into that looking back on it. I I didn't have any talent, but, um, you know, it was at least a form of expression (laughs) at that time, but, but, um, but yeah, music was very early, early on for me. So that was actually a very prevalent, um, portion of my life doing that. Um, and went to actually went to school for acting uh in um in london and so that was sort of also a trajectory that i was on um so yeah it was always in that realm in the realm of the arts yeah so
0: you're you sing and play you make films Mm -hmm. you sit in a hot tub with your brother you have a photography Mm -hmm. business yeah (laughs) yeah I guess I don't know the the relatively somewhat condensed version of how did you get from wherever you started to where you are now.
1: Yeah, um, I think I, I was telling someone this recently, but um, I, I'm a very I'm a very kind of go with the flow kind of person in general. But when it comes to things that I sort of lock my eyes on in terms of like a craft. I get very obsessive over it and so um very selectively obsessive and so that um that's sort of applied to whether it's an instrument or um whatever i guess i'm really feeling at the time um i kind of just Just go for it, and I. So I think that I don't know if that's a personality type, or I don't know if that's just you know a mixture of upbringing or you know my environment or whatever that is. Um, I've always just sort of had very um, focused drive when it comes to just those things that catch my interest, Um, and so I think the the progression from even like music, you know, being in that for so long, um, it was. I think you hit a, you inevitably hit a a point where you're kind of like, well, this is cool, but then there's always overlap within different creative fields, right? Like I think every, every field has something that overlaps with something else. And so, um, I guess naturally I was, I was also surrounded by a lot of other sort of visual artists. And so, um, just photography happened to catch my eye. It was something that, um, I travel a lot. And so, um, it, 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 came from a place of finally deciding, Oh, I should probably take some photos of some of my trips. Um, and part of that was actually um, this, again, sort of a hard to pinpoint decision that I made of I'm going to be intentional about maybe maybe trying this thing out. And so that's how kind of photography bled into um, my life and then eventually took over. And so I um, yeah, so it, it it can maybe feel like I'm hopping from thing to thing. But uh, in reality, it really it's kind of a slow burn. And it, I, it also just it, it is something that if something just in, intrigues me, um, I'm like, I need to figure this out. And I need to quietly, <laughs> behind the scenes, just, just get as good as I possibly can, um, surround myself with the people that um, will help me sort of understand that more. And just dive into it like you know head first and so that's kind of that's been the progression from thing to thing i don't want to necessarily say that's the case for come tub with us that sounds those things sound very dramatic when it comes to something like that but but my brother and i do say a lot like i i love the notion of doing stupid things really well you know, um, so uh, especially when it can incorporate some of the craft that you already do. Um, so if it's like video or film or photo, like I just think it's funny to to travel to Iceland and film a documentary about, you know, like I, I, uh, lettuce, you know, like and, and
2: if doing it well is just hilarious to me. So that's yeah. that is such a cool idea that I've never thought about doing stupid things really well. Is that the title of this episode? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty <laughs> Great. much. Yeah. That's Great. so I'm obsessed yeah. with that too. I love the contrast of that. It's yeah. hilarious yeah. to me. And actually and I, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was I mean, I was just going to add like I think
1: it's it's almost a a test of your craft cuz like I think everyone is trying to do good things really well um and then but it's sort of like can you can you actually push it further and do something menial or or you know, stupid um well because then that almost might even highlight your craft even more right i, I don't know you know what yeah. i mean it, no it makes sense. Sense. well it also
0: well, it also <laughs> has you not take your craft so dang seriously like doing something stupid absolutely, or yeah. funny or whatever with it you know maybe yeah. it's not it, it becomes a little less precious a little less oh it has to be mm-hmm. you know this earth shaking yeah. thing every single time i do absolutely.
2: something. absolutely yeah yeah that's really cool what do you think because okay when we first connected You know, we're good friends. And I was telling Bill, like we bonded over like sarcasm and humor. Like whenever I sit down with you, it's so easy. We just, we just have like an ongoing bit together and it's the funnest time ever. Yeah. So humor is clearly very natural and easy for you. Where does that come? I guess the question would be, does that come naturally or is that something you worked on? Like you said, you did acting. Where do you think that comes from?
1: That's such an interesting question. Really it's hard to trace back. Thank you, man.
2: I'll
1: I'll pay you for that later. Yeah, <laughs> I was like Miles, please say that I'm funny on on a podcast. Um, well, so actually, so weirdly enough, I grew up in the UK. Um, I did all my schooling there, pretty much, and um, one of my my, my best friend. Um, we we were drawn to each other. I guess f- for that reason that we were talking about, just humor and um, just being able to run with um a, just a weird absurd concept you know in our own little world and just you know do that and so so I actually grew up um just filming little skits with him um writing comedy stuff we did a bunch of improv stuff together um he, he's still he's still doing that he's he's um doing a cool um I mean he's he's a writer a journalist um all as a fr- freelancer but um kind of his passion is is comedy and comedy writing and so 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 i it probably came from that i think um but if you wanted to dive a little deeper um i think even in my family dynamic growing up i was a missionary kid so we we um me and my siblings always traveled around we lived in different countries and there is something about kind of being the oldest sibling trying to you know, maintain some sense of peace and and happiness and joy amongst the family while you're you know landing in a new country and trying to not be so devastated by that. You know, so mm-hmm. I I think um um th- there that's probably the very core of it is just that personality to try to please people and you know there's there's pros and cons to that but sure. um that's definitely the origin of it but. Yeah, that upbringing of just finding someone and connecting with someone who was just like-minded, uh, to the point where I think now you know that's almost just something that I look for in in just any kind of connection or relationship with another human being because, maybe sar- sarcasm or humor seems to be that litmus test to see if someone is gonna click with <laughs> yeah. you. Obviously, with Miles, you you know what I mean. Like, I was like, okay, this guy, you know, he's hideous, looks disgusting, <laughs> but maybe there's something there you know, dip your toes in the water, and then you're like, the water's just fine. <laughs> so, but it, it is, it is, it's, you know, and I think that, that, and, and if that leads to a deeper conversation, which it did, um, then great, you know, bonus. Right. But, um, but, so that's how, that's always been a huge part of my life. Um, I mean, I, I, I genuinely don't perceive myself as funny. I just, there's things that I think are funny that I, you know, that I'm like, okay, that's, that's great. Like, let's run with that. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, even in, even in, I think humor is such a, um, and like you said this bill, like, you know, man, like even photographers, like, I think, I think in the back of our minds, we might view them as people who do take things so seriously. Like you, you picture like these fashion photographers who are just like grumpy and upset all the time when they walk on set. And, um, and I, for me, it's very, very important to make you know the people I work with feel comfortable, and and I think that humor has been a way to actually open people up. So when you're working on projects like you know, whether it's a big scale thing with a crew or just one other person, I even I started in wedding photography. So you have these awkward couples who are like, mm. well, we're not models. Like, h- h- how do we? What do I do with my hands? Open up, yeah. What do I do with my hands? I'm like. Who cares, man? you know like um, and so so that's that's a tool that I, I think I sort of subconsciously use to yeah open people up and make them feel like they're not um, yeah under a microscope. That's I know. interesting
0: that you that said it's sense. kind of a litmus test when you meet somebody to see you know at what level you're gonna connect. And I'm just thinking in the five minutes before we started this show, you and I were instantly making fun of miles. I mean it was like Inst- <laughs> yeah. it was like nothing. Answering. He wasn't here. It was perfect.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love, I love right. that for you guys. And, and
1: then, yeah, and, and then like, but it could have gone. You know, that was my little test, and Bill could have been right. like,
2: What are you saying, wow, Miles? Are you is to, a great yeah. guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. I'm gonna have a really fun time with Bill. We get off the call. We get off yeah. the call, and hey, Bill's Miles, like, uh, <laughs> Bill's like, wow, Josh is really an asshole. He was so yeah. mean. Yeah, man, you should have heard <laughs> he's the he's stuff a really he said about guy. you
0: before we got on. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm like, oh, jeez, okay.
1: Uh, yeah, let's do this podcast, guys. Uh,
0: so I'm going to assume that uh, you actually are making a living doing all these things that you love to do and that you're not like a stockbroker on the side or something. We don't know about that. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, I'm on Wall Street. Um, yeah, big yeah. One
1: trader, right? No, yeah, the um, well, come in, come tub with us is costing us. Well, money, sure, so that's yeah. not even that's out of question. <laughs> Probably a um, lot of money. No, is water, I guess the, yeah, yeah, the water bills yeah. are insane. but um, yeah, no, yes. So I, I'm a full time photographer, so that's that's the that's my main craft. Um, I I I I mean, there's a little bit of income from I do like contract, uh, worship music stuff at different churches in Denver. Um, but yeah, photography is is my main business and has been for about four years now, full time.
2: What so. kind of, um, your, your photos are amazing. I'm not gonna stroke your ego too much on this, but um, what kind of projects are you doing today? And and has it been a journey to get there? Have you been like uh, working towards a specific type of body of work that you're trying to create or has it just unfolded naturally? Yeah, um, I, th- I think... I, for, for me, it always is sort of
1: a step-by-step unfolding almost of discovering within your craft, like what lane you want to stick to and what you want to do. And so, um, when I started, I, I didn't, I wasn't categorizing all the different types of photography there was, I just was kind of doing it right. Obviously kind of leaning more towards travel. So a lot of it was landscape lifestyle stuff, but, um, uh, I think the more I did it, um, you know, jumped into weddings, jumped into just a bit of everything, said yes to everything. And in that process, then you can start to eliminate like, okay, I really like this, not so much this, like, you know, so, um, so where I am now is, um, yeah, uh, I really enjoy sort of editorial uh, projects and um, mainly branding stuff too. Um, I think I'm realizing that anything that, causes me to step into a place of more of a, a creative director as well has been, um, something that I enjoy just because it, it it's more than just the photo, you know, um, you kind of play the part in the build up to that and casting vision and creating a concept and then executing it. And then with the marketing side, implementing it. And so that's just been really fascinating for me. So I've been doing a lot of stuff for brands and, um, and different kind of companies here and there that, um, that has sort of expanded into uh just almost like a a brand manager type position as well so that that's been really unexpected but um it it has been a natural progression from you know just just taking product photos or something you know um so and not same with same with editorial stuff it's it's i love the collaborative aspect because you are working with professionals in each um each category of that shoot you know the the whether it's lighting or makeup or designer or stylist, that that's so exciting to me because everyone is operating at their full capacity and bringing their craft to the table. And obviously you come up with something that is going to be a way bigger and more, um, more meaningful than what you could do on your own, you know? And so I think that that's why I was drawn to that and that process and so. Yeah, I don't know if that answered your question actually, but uh yeah.
0: You know, having friends that uh are photographers, knowing some over periods of time and uh I've been in the music business forever, so every now and again, you know, mm. we need pictures. Yeah. And uh Yeah, right. On your on your way through, I know one of the things that's really difficult for people, both as visual artists maybe, maybe music artists in certain respects, uh, and service providers, you know, coaches, uh, that kind of thing. Pricing is really difficult. So for you, as you kind of started over the last four years, how have you managed to create your pricing in a way that you feel like you know, you feel like what you're you ha- what you're doing is valuable, and you're able to serve the people you want to serve and not exclude people, but also get paid what you need to get paid.
1: Yeah, man, that's a tricky one. I, that, I think that that might be the single most um, asked question on my end when it comes to um, other people who are up and mm-hmm. coming and doing that stuff. You know, pr- probably daily you get a little DM like, "Hey, how do you?" price stuff. <laughs> and um and I'm like well it's such a relative question but I think at least in my case the progression of that has been obviously and I maybe maybe I, I think for most artists you know who are entering into that it it I didn't really feel like I even thought about pricing until I reached a level where I thought maybe something I had to offer was worth anything. So I my all my attention really just went towards the craft and and I think a huge, a huge valuable asset to that was that I wanted to make sure that I was consistent in my work so that I could feel confident about even pricing it in the first Mm -hmm. place, which I don't I don't think that's necessarily a right or wrong thing to do. It just for some reason, for me, that was a mindset that I had to Get into and so, I remember, kind of, s- sort of getting to a place where I felt like, okay, I, I, I'm sort of consistent. I think I can deliver, um, and so when that portion of the journey came, I remember really um, sitting down and I, a lot of it was just examining like other photographers and talking to them, being like, hey, what do you charge? Like what where does this even, where does this value even come from? Like, what do I, what determines it? Cause I, I was like, I don't know. Is it the equipment? Is it like my time? Is it hours? And, um, so for me, pricing actually, um, pretty quickly turned into, or I, I I avoided charging per hour for the most part, just because, um, because I was doing more project based stuff. Um, I started to, um, price essentially price things as a whole. So the, 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 the whole project, as opposed to just like how many hours I was sure. spending. And, and this is a thing too, right? Because with, with price, with price charging by the hour, it's weird. Cause like, so the worse you are at your job and the longer it takes you, the, the more, more you get to you mean, make.
2: Yeah. It doesn't make any sense.
1: And so I'm like, I don't know if that makes sense. Um, and so, I'm, and for me, I, I actually tried to have a pretty quick turnover in terms of like photos and editing and all that stuff. So I was like, man, this was less time than maybe some, of, some other people take months to do it. And I'm like, so what, are they just making like $100,000 because they were so slow doing it? Like, how does that work?
0: The box was created for people like us. People who suffer from unfinished work, shiny object syndrome, fear of selling, lone wolf syndrome, going it alone, procrastination, perfectionism. The box is a container and community for creatives to stay accountable, do the work, and actually finish what you start. We don't always do well with discipline, consistency, and grinding our way through the creative process. We're not machines, but we also want our businesses to thrive. We want to build wealth and create a lot of cool stuff for the world. It's for someone who needs to get things done. So how does it work? It's simple. Live co-working sessions, coaching and support, accountability, and community. That's it. It's not teaching you anything new. It's giving you the structure to create with what you already know. Because amazing things happen on the other side of finished. Go to boxworkshop.com to sign up and join the community. In the box, you'll finish what you started.
1: So I think, yeah, like I said, I, I try to assign value to uh, the consistency, the, the fact that when you hired me, your, your photos will look the way that, um, you initially envisioned because you hired me based on my aesthetic as opposed to, you know, what I shot. Right. So kind of being true to the brand for for me, my brand is very much my aesthetic as opposed to what I shoot. Um, so, so I think the more I invested into that, the more I realized that, okay, that that's sort of where the value lied. Like whether I'm shooting in the Swiss Alps or an alleyway in Denver, um, it's hopefully gonna be able to come across as having my fingerprint on it. And so um, once I assigned value to that, I think I was able to um, sort of set a price that I thought was fair in terms of, you know, like my day rates or whatever. And um, and then kind of get to a point where, like I said, yeah, it was really project based as opposed to um, hour by hour. So yeah, I, um, yeah, again, pricing is so vague and hard to pinpoint, but, um, I, I think a big thing, I actually, a big turning point for me was when I, I spoke to a photographer who was in LA and I remember hearing him being like, okay, so I charge this much for my day rate. I, um, and then for, there's a locate location scouting fee. And then there is, um, each photo, there's a global licensing copyright fee. And, and I'm like hearing about all these fees and I was like, what? Like, like you, you're making like fifty thousand dollars from like fifteen photos. I'm like, how does that make sense? But then that that actually, again, this is a this is a cultural difference between like Denver and L. A. For example, L. A. has this established um, um, expectation and value placed upon you know media in general, uh, just because of what it is. Denver is not remotely close to being there. Like no client will ask you, hey, what is your um, licensing fees no one will ever ask you that because they think it's just the photos. And so when I, when I, when I sort of looked into that more, um, and how the culture was in LA, I was like, Oh wow. It was actually really cool be- and almost empowering because I was like, wow, the, the all these brands, it's like, you know, no brainer. You, you budget for like, uh, uh, these photos or videos or whatever it is that your company is going to need, because that's just what you do. That's they know that that's important. they know that's, there's value in that. And so I just was like, so shocked when, you know, I started working with brands out of LA or New York or something like that, where, where there was this understanding of, hey, you know, we're not even going to reach out to you unless we have, you know, x amount in our budget for this. I remember i remember them apologizing for the amount they were offering me and i was like this is like five times more than anyone here would ever pay so so i was trying to keep it cool but i was just like oh my god like this is crazy so um so yeah so i it, it, that was a weird thing for me but that actually shifted my entire perspective on pricing because i was like oh maybe this is valuable and maybe rather than yielding to denver's expectation of of what pricing has to be for photography for example um i kind of adopted this la mindset of no like you know so i started quoting people like licensing fees and and you know like because they're again these photos are making them money essentially so taking that that into account and so yeah that's that was a big mind shift for me that's great it it also
0: seems like that enables you to uh you know, figure out how to price different things for different projects, different customers, different wherever they are, yeah. so that you make sure that yeah. uh, you're getting the most out of that, and that they're getting what they need. Of course, right. you know,
1: right? Absolutely, yeah. And I think a big, a big step that I've been making um, over the past few years is actually sort of even reducing that um, the pool of of clients essentially to the point where it's like, yeah, you know. Th- this is this amount is basically my base rate, like it's never going to go below this. Um And so that, en- that eliminates those clients that are like, Oh, we can't afford that, or we don't need something on that scale, um, which helps you out in the long run, because then, you know, it, it just filters out the people who aren't, well, essentially, who don't value what you do, right? So, um so that that's been a good thing too. So again, it's, it, it's just slightly bigger projects. It it falls in line with uh stuff that I enjoy shooting more. Um, and obviously there are exceptions here and there, but that, that's kind of been a new rule for me, I think to, to determine
2: even like what kind of client I want to work with as well. That's yeah. so pricing is so interesting. Cause it's like, you're trying to figure out the value of something. So like for you you're creating assets that live for a really long time, forever, that will make the company money, most likely. Like maybe you can't point to it and say, this picture convinced someone you know that this is a legitimate brand and and they made a purchase. But it it's, you know, it's a big part of leveling up the brand. And like so for me, I'm trying to always figure out like the science and the analytics behind branding because it's this very intangible thing like colors and fonts and vibes and all that how do you you know how do you understand or extract the the actual value and it's going to be different for everyone and it's really up to you the business person owner creator to like establish that but it can be so hard and really like uh icky for a lot of people because they're like well i just love the art of it but then Mm -hmm. you get stuck in this where you don't ever look at that, and you don't charge more, and you just kind of stay at a certain level. Well, and you so have a lot of, yeah. you know,
0: you have a lot of people's perceptions in that too. You know, like just like in, you know, like mu- recorded music is devalued to the point of ridiculousness, even mm, though that's true. <laughs> it takes a really long time, and you have to know what you're doing, oh. and and if you're really going to go make a record with other people, it costs money. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and at this point, most people aren't ever going to get that back by selling those recordings. Um, my wife, part of, one of her jobs for a long time has been as a graphic designer. And it's really similar in a way because she might create, the graphic designers might create a logo for X amount of money, but it's, it's considered work for hire. So even though that company is going to use that logo forever, mm-hmm and it's going to become the flagship piece of their brand, and they're going to make money because of it, they paid for it once, one time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So uh, there's a lot of gray areas in there with uh, art and commerce where Mm -hmm. people don't necessarily get the value or uh, what it actually takes to do that. You know, they think, oh, like yeah. for you, oh, it's just, a, you just took a picture. It's no big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but it's cool because yeah. you mentioned your aesthetic. Mm. And the first thing I noticed when I went to your Instagram of Ivy Wild Visuals was, yeah. oh, this guy has a thing. Like, it didn't matter whether it was a wedding photograph or a portrait or a landscape or anything. There's a there's clearly a way that you see things or that you present what you're seeing. How did yeah. that happen for you? <laughs>
1: yeah, um, that to me, I think in the process of starting out photography you know, you get preoccupied initially with, okay, what, how does a camera work? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you, you figure out all those style? things, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What are shutter speed? Um, Like that, and so obviously that preoccupies your, your mind for a good chunk of time because you're like, I like, what, like, how does this work? And then, and then it was this, almost this shock to realize once you like had it down a little bit, that then you had to put these photos in and like, edit them. And you realized there are, you know, a 100 trillion maneuvers you can make, you know, in Lightroom. And so how, how do you like maintain consistency? Like, what? It, it, and but but one of the things that I drew from pretty early on was, I was really fascinated with cinematography for a long time. um And before I even knew what went into it, I was drawn to the fact that there was an emotion that was evoked from just how something looked and felt. And I understood later on that it was to do with the intentionality as of like a color palette and and it was again, it wasn't just the actor on screen, it it was the you know, the the colors and the texture of the whole film. And so and what I what I started to realize was while, well, you know, in a movie that's two hours long that takes place in multiple different settings, you still are aware that it's the same movie, and that that color palette and those textures and the decisions made by the the DP and all that kind of stuff play into that because it it's it creates a consistency, right? It, it keeps you in the story, it keeps you um, following along, and so I just had never like really thought about that before, but I felt the effects of it, and so I I made that decision realizing that simultaneously while being told that you know as a photographer you got to stick to a niche like choose wedding photography or choose to take photos of cars or whatever it is right like stick to something and their their recommendation was always the subject matter and i remember thinking well i don't i know i'll be bored if i stick to one thing so I don't want to shoot the same thing over and over again. So what other thing is there that I could essentially make my brand and my identity? And again, my, my identity or how I see things isn't dictated by the subject. And so um, I wanted to find something that I felt like was my voice essentially in that. And so that came down to the aesthetic, like how just like those movies, like how, how it made me feel, um, how some kind of emotive, Thing that transcended the subject matter, so um, that's how it kind of came about. Uh, my realization of, of wanting to, kind of, I guess, selfishly expand to more things than you know one niche. And so it took me about a year to lock down my aesthetic. Um, of doing that every day, like you, you, you know, work on a photo, you come back to the next day, you're like, I hate everything about this, and then try it again. And again, and again, and again, and again, the, the thing was to understand um, the function of each of these, you know, tools within this editing software that was going to be able to kind of carve out what I actually see, you know, um, so you're just eliminating everything that isn't right, and then you finally get to the image. And so the more you practice that, the more you you, you know how to get to your vision. Um, and I think that's what all these tools are is they're, they're just, they're ways to help you get to your vision and to express your voice through it. And I think practice is the elimination of everything that stops you from being able to fully express yourself rather than perfection. It is the elimination of that. And so I think that, um, that whole process, and again, that's where I even attribute a lot of my value to, you know, is like I spent a year just working on my colors (laughs) and um yeah studying color theory and stuff like that so
0: hey wait a minute though say that practice thing again
1: oh yeah um practice is the elimination of everything that hinders you from fully expressing yourself i think it is the removal i mean as a musician you'll understand this too right you know i think the most frustrating thing about Learning to play an instrument or something, you know, being in that process isn't necessarily the wrong notes I think it's it's the fact that you're like, I know what I yeah, want to play, yeah.
2: but I can't yeah. play it That's and called think, the gap Yeah, and our, right? our best our best work is created in the gap we never actually get to the other side But it's the distance between what we see or hear in our head and then what we can physically do with our skills That
0: You know, that's awesome because the minute you said it's like music you know, learning an instrument or whatever, all of a sudden my my first thought was, yeah, I'm still doing that. Like I'm not, after 40 years, I'm still doing it. There's still a gap. There's still this place I want to go. And that's great. I mean, that's what keeps you uh, moving forward and wanting to do it.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you should ever really arrive, you know? I don't know if that, that would be kind of a sad day because I think you need the tension between, you know what you see and what you're trying to get to and I or you know or where you're at I guess um and so but I think I I remember I think it was a John Mayer like concert like DVD that I owned and I remember there's an interview with him backstage and he's he says like I'm always like my my vision for like what I hear, or what I want to play or whatever is always like a few steps ahead of where I'm, at, where I'm at. And so, and he's like, I want to be in that place forever. And so, um, it lines up, it does line up. And I think like the gap probably causes a lot of people, a lot of frustration and they, they can perceive it as failure or inadequacy. And I was like, no, man, like that's kind of the sweet spot because you, you know, you're, it, it's proof that you are always going to be moving, you know, and moving forward and growing, you know? So, yeah, I, I do, I, I do think that that's it. I don't know. That obsession, the practice, the, the dedication to your craft really lies in, or at least changing your perspective to see it as elimination of everything that just, gets you stuck or gets you not quite getting your voice out you know and so um so yeah that's kind of how I came about with the whole aesthetic thing um and um to the point I think when you know you're there or you know consistent enough at least um was when I was looking back at photos from like a year or two years and being like same. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. I see. it's the same. Yeah, yeah. Are you re-edit, you re-edit photos from like you know, old trips, and you're like, yeah, I'm a, I keep arriving at the same place. So this, this is my voice. Yeah, this is my voice. I wonder
0: though if if the same philosophy that you just said about practice is that um, kind of that repetition that working on it moves everything out of the way so you can express yourself. I wonder if that also in a way. Uh, pertains to how you get your work out in the world and have people see it and have people want to hire you. You know, you keep mm-hmm. you have to keep trying things and seeing what works. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Be, I would imagine, and maybe I'm wrong, it, it occurs like when I look at what you have going on across, you know, social media and website, etc., that maybe it all feeds each other. You know, maybe somebody does see you sitting in a hot tub with your brother, or going to Iceland because of a head of lettuce, and that makes <laughs> them go, "What does this guy do?" And then they find out you're a photographer, and they want to do that. You know? Um, yeah. Because I don't see you necessarily, and again, maybe I'm missing it, employing some of the. I'm going to use the word miles, I'm sorry. Some of the <clears throat> marketing techniques that uh that we so despise here on the subtle art of not yelling. Um it looks mm-hmm. more like you're just doing what you're doing and sharing that the best way that you can. But also it seems like yes. you're pretty consistent about it too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think um you know, what I realized is that what I guess? How I approach my own marketing um, is v- very much what I. It's sort of it's a practice what you preach type thing because um, I'm I I get work because of people seeing my work and then saying. Oh yeah, like I like this, you know. Essentially, that's what it is. It sounds very simple, but when I when I work with brands and when I approach them, the main the main thing I tell them is that, um, and for the most part, fr- from from my angle of of you know, photography and visual images, um, helping represent a brand, is that. The reason a lot of these brands are um, kind of falling short is because that their actual product or service is not represented well at all. And and so, for me, when I'm when I'm putting out this work and when I'm putting out the images that I really like and connect with, um, that's me saying this is, you know, this is my um, th- this represents you know me as an artist. Um, but similarly, you know, if you do hire me for some branding stuff, or whatever, I I will provide content that essentially it's that first first line of um, connection for a lot of people, which is like social media or web stuff, is that I want to make sure that your brand or product or services are represented so that whenever the whenever they see an image or a visual thing, um, pertaining to their brand, it's accurately represented in terms of its quality and, you know, whatever. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think there's, again, I, I I wouldn't probably have the confidence to do that if I, if it wasn't working for myself. And so I really had to try a lot of different things and and I, I, I kind of go back and forth on this weirdly enough, but, um, at least for a lot of photographers, I think that your Your work is not your identity, you know. It's a portion of what who you are and what you do, but it's not your identity. So, um, so what I really put out there is not so much necessarily my personality. Like, if you look at my website, you're not gonna see a three page bio of me just being like, "Hey guys, so glad you're here. Um, I'm a quirky dude. I love dogs. I love you're like I'm not. I'm not." talking about myself that disappointed me
0: a little bit when i I, went to your website because i was kind (laughs) of looking for that it's
1: okay yeah right i know (laughs) and 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 i i sort of see both ways i'm like yeah like i should probably give more myself to this and maybe there's there's that um element of it but um there's also something to where it's kind of like again what i was mentioning earlier i want to attract clients who want and appreciate my work um, rather than me trying to sweet talk them into hiring me because of my cute bio. And I think, I think, you know, I, it, maybe that's given me a little bit more motivation to just put, put like my best foot forward in terms of that. And, and it, it plays into that aesthetic thing too, right? It's like, look, this is what you want. Um, like, like you would for a lot of like brands that are selling products, you know, like you're just going to show what you have to offer and that. And so so yes, like I, I think I, you know, I could probably cast a lot more vision and story behind maybe what I do. Um, I think it's still experimental, honestly, at this point, for me, I'm trying this thing out where it's like, my Instagram is not going to be a journal, you know, my, uh, I I have my own personal account. um, And, of course, Prove It Brothers uh, hit it up. Um, But like, but, but I'm sort of just seeing if like, you know, if, if it's possible to, and again, I think it's the moment I'm in a room with the client or the couple that wants me to shoot their wedding. It's sold, you know, like, because, um, I, like we kind of coming back to that first thing of like, I want to make you feel comfortable. Like the most important thing is actually telling your story. Um, and the human interaction of it is actually the reason I even do this in the first place. And so, um, so I think that the marketing tools that I use are just like, Hey, um, the initial first step of like getting people to me and then once they're to me um then they're like okay cool this adds up
2: yeah yeah so this that's so interesting just you've really you've got my gears going on a lot of different levels because you've built up such a uh, awesome body of work and you spent a year plus on just building that aesthetic so that it was consistent so that people understood what you're doing and your mm. your aesthetic your type of work like so you can call in the right people essentially like your visual messaging and i'm really liking this idea of you know i used to be like quality over quantity you know and that's really nice mm-hmm. to say and there's a lot of truth in that but also i think that quantity leads to quality and mm-hmm. you're basically saying mm-hmm. like instead of being cute about it and creating all this fluff and and trying to convince people I'm just going to get really fucking good at what I do. And you went all in, like you're, you're probably an extremist in that way. Like Bill and I kind of are, or at least I'll speak for myself. I I'll go all into something to a fault sometimes and then you get really good at it and then you just let the work do the rest. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and my,
1: my approach is, And I think bad branding and marketing is when the brand or whoever it is feels the need to have to explain or convey everything in this one little platform, whether it's social media or website, right? I hate that, like personally, because um, it's it's that equivalent of like landing on a website and it's just text, you know? Because they think that they have to explain everything to them because essentially that's just a that's that's a probably a lack of confidence for on the brand on you know that they, they don't actually know how to communicate it other other than just like written down in an essay form so so um it, i i guess like i've sort of resolved that you know what you see on social media what you see on my website for example let's say um that's not the whole picture like i'm not trying to trying to like you know, convey everything about my brand, everything about myself, you know, a list of my like Enneagram numbers. And here's my like, I'm, I am I don't need to do that, you know, to, to sort of convince someone And I guess it's that thing of, well, it, 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 if the first step is like, Oh, I like that guy's work, I'm going to reach out um, that then it's served its purpose, you know, like it's caught someone's eye, it's hooked them in. But then after that, what's still a part of my brand is my my hunger to connect with people and to tell someone's story and to share my story and to actually build relationships with these people um and so you know it's it's just it's just layered you know there there's a progression to it just like any human interaction you know so i guess i i have resolved to be like okay this is sort of how i structure my branding and how my i interact with my clients is that like you know i'm gonna you know, Instagram and, and website, that's just a billboard. Um, and then once they call the number, hopefully they, they like me. And then from there, it's, it's good. It's real stuff. Like it's, you know, and then by that point, they're hopefully confident in the work I'm going to produce. But then beyond that, we actually have a relationship now, you know, like I, I genuinely have a, a really great relationship with like all the brands that I work with and the clients that I have, like, you know, I get to go to, Ireland in a few days because I'm shooting a wedding out there and this couple somehow views me as not a a creep to the point of inviting me to their wedding in Ireland you know it's like cool like you know um so so I I, it's it's a multi-layered process and I think you want to be able to identify where you where you place things and how that's going to yeah kind of affect how you get clients yeah. and how you interact with them so so cool yeah
2: you you were talking about the litmus test earlier in that in this conversation and your yeah. work is basically the litmus test for yeah your clients right i love that yeah and your work is and your, yeah.
0: your photography free work is decidedly not sarcastic you know unlike when you talk <laughs> which is it's True. completely different <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> good thing it's not. Good thing it's not the way I talk. I think that would be. And, and you, you know what? It's it's it, it is interesting. I think I think. Um, and you said this, Bill, like earlier, like when people take things too seriously, and yeah. and this almost even ties into like doing stupid things really well. Somewhere in between, there is that balance that you can actually live in, where you can do really good work, um, and have. A really fun time doing it and connect with people. Like it really doesn't like, I don't know. It does you don't have to be a dick about it. Like, I just don't, that, that's not, it doesn't have to be an option, you know? And, um, and so the, I think there's that happy medium where I live in where it's like, look, you know, yeah, the work might, it might look serious, yeah. might, but we were, we were, crack, we were cracking up when
0: we took You're body, not as you dark know, and moody and, as your aesthetic would <laughs> yeah, there, actually
1: say. There it is. Yeah. 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 Not a, that should be in my bio. I'm going to rewrite, <laughs> rewrite that. I'm not as dark as moody as these photos. So. Uh,
0: you know, Miles usually asks this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Sorry, Miles. Uh, do you consider yourself more introverted or more extroverted?
1: Mm, Good question. Um, I think I am definitely extroverted, um, with, yeah, with introverted tendencies, just kind of sprinkled in there every once in a while. Um, what's, what's interesting is, um, the, yeah, the majority, I definitely gather energy from being around people and, um, socializing and that kind of stuff. Um, what's in, what's funny is, yeah, we talked about that process where you're really kind of obsessed with the craft and trying to dig in and sink your teeth into it. That part of it for me is actually very kind of, it actually, I sink into this introverted mindset where I kind of lock myself away. I need to figure it out on my own. Um, I, To the point where I'm learning how to not be so self-reliant. Like I, I want to ask for help and get better at that. The irony of like, you know, hosting workshops and helping other people do it is that I would never do that myself. Like I would never take a workshop and I'm like, what is wrong with me? Um, it's very weird. But, um, so I think the more, the, the more I did do that in this process, the more I just found that it was, um, me stepping out of that weird thing where I feel like I have to do everything on my own. And so, yeah, so I'm trying to find a healthier balance between, um, kind of bringing a little bit more of that extraversion into my process as well, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's,
2: that's what I am. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, Billy usually asks this question, but what's next? <laughs> what's what's next, next for Josh? What, I mean, and Man. also, also I want to point out that what's next, like you have to have some exciting thing, Right? Like or you're just continuing to do your craft, you know, like so what it you're going to Ireland for a wedding, that's awesome. Congrats. That's next. Yeah. That's cool. Um
1: yeah. So um, <clears throat> you know, I, I I think I was talking to someone else about this recently too, but I'm I'm not the kind of person that like sets these like five year goals or you know, even like your like. I the way I perceive things is like, okay, this is the next thing I need to really figure out and get down. And then once you do that, that kind of unlocks something that you realize, oh, I need to now do this. So it's really, really step by step for me. Uh, I haven't, yeah, I haven't quantified um, my process into years or necessarily even time frames um, because I think, once i became aware of the the i guess my maturity level and understanding level growing as you know as you develop these things i realized that the goals i made when i was immature um probably wouldn't even satisfy a mature version of myself even when i reached them you know so so in these like long term visionary kind of type prospects and so that's why for me, it's just a little, it makes more sense to me to just have these like little, little step-by-step things that I can achieve because then, then the next step will be dictated by what you've gathered and the wisdom that you've attained. And then that determines your goal. I actually,
0: I love what you're saying about that because, and I may get in trouble for this, goals don't matter. It's not reaching the goal that matters. Reaching the goal, having a goal is just something to keep you moving. The, reaching the goal makes no difference at all. It's what happens in between now and then. That's it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I, 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 I think that, like for example, if five years ago, I, if I stuck to what goals I made five years ago, I would not be where I am right now, and I think I'd be miserable because I didn't know what I wanted five years ago, honestly, in this field. I didn't know, you know, again, you're you're constantly gathering information that then informs your next move, and that can only happen in process. It can't happen at the beginning, start the start line where you're like, yes, I don't know anything about photography, but I want to do this, and I will do it. No, like it doesn't happen. I just think it's ridiculous. And so I think to be able to, yeah, these little mini goals, daily, weekly, monthly things, I'm just like, that's the most important thing for me. And that's the only thing that works for me. Um, So
0: Well, and and what you want changes.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You know, what you want changes, right? And it's, uh, I mean, I think a lot of times, and I, I go on about this sometimes, I think it is important to have maybe some kind of vision for your life for how how it might feel five years from now or 10 years from now or whatever. But having really super specific uh goals tied to that tends to screw things up. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And
0: and a lot of times people don't understand the difference between what's a vision and what's a set of goals. Right. They're right. very, very different things. Yes. Right. Yeah. So my guess, and you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but my guess is that you can envision what your life down the road in a year or five years or however long might feel like and what you'd want it to feel like, but the details don't necessarily matter.
1: Right, right, because, yeah, your 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 goals aren't necessarily um – yeah, like you said, specific to your career or whatever it is to more to do with a, yeah, like a mindset or, you know, if something like, I guess for me, it would be like, you know what, in five years, <clears throat> I would like to tell five years more worth of stories, you know, like, I mean, it might, it might not be how I'm telling them now. um, But to me, that's more of a goal that I can get behind as opposed to like, I will be head photographer at Vogue, and I will be doing this. I'm like, you know what, like, as it, you know, I think when the dust settles on anything, you 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 realize, eh, actually, maybe not, you know, so I, I, I think that it is important, to, like you said, yeah, the, or, you know, I want to be more. um, Yeah, I want to be healthier in my lifestyle, I want to be healthier in like my whatever, right? Like those kind of goals. Yes, totally. I think those are kind of long-term goals that I have set for myself, but yeah, anything other than that, to me, it's pretty disposable just because, um, yeah, we, we change and as we change what we want changes and, you know,
2: follow that, you know, it's awesome. Josh, thanks so much for coming and sharing all this. This was really a really fun conversation, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's good to see you. You too. Yeah. Good to meet you,
1: Bill. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Love it.
0: So I'm going to ask you a really stupid question and I want you to just answer it as fast as you can. Are you ready?
1: Oh God. Yeah.
0: What's your favorite way to eat a potato? Raw. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening today. We'd really appreciate it if you could just take a sec and follow us on your favorite podcast listening platform. That would help us out tremendously. And of course, if you ever want more information about upcoming episodes or past episodes or anything else about the show, you can go to subtleartofnotyelling.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.